You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 126 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, where we're not in a garage, but we like to be if we could be. We'll be, in, we'll be back in a garage one day, Drew. Isn't that right, Drew? We'll be back in a garage very soon. That's right. Garage, Garage Guys. It's 2020. Happy New Year. The first official episode of 2020. The first episode of the new decade. This is incredible times we're living in right here. And Jason Garrett news right off the bat, right when we start Bam! recording. Jason Garrett, uh, yeah, inc- incredible timeline, uh, crazy turns of events here. Uh, Jerry Jones lost his testicles, could not fire him because Jerry Jones has murdered people, and Jason Garrett knows about it. So theory proven wrong. It's going to take a lot of people to, to prove me wrong on my, that my theory was correct. Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey. They're Jason, all involved. Jerry Jones, all three. Yeah, all three of them, they all, they've all been to Epstein's Island. Epstein's called him. He's like, you better not fire Jason because I already had to pretend to kill myself. So now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, you, you got a, a big, big thing to face now, now in here in Dallas. So, yeah, they let him go. But uh, we, we got a lot to talk about. We, we're talking about the, the coaching carousel. We're, we're talking about the wild card. The playoffs are here. The NFL playoffs are here. Incredible times. Um, I can't believe that the year is getting close to ending for the NFL season. We got NASCAR coming up. Speaking of NASCAR, special guest on this episode, first, first special guest of the decade, uh, NASCAR Xfinity driver Ryan Vargas joins the Garage Guys. Um, I had a great conversation with Ryan. You guys are going to get to hear that. Uh, we're we're uh, we're Nuggy boys for 2020, by the way, Drew. Officially. Please define Nuggy. All right, so Nuggy Boys, uh, chicken nuggets, chicken nuggies. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, so yeah, just pick your favorite chicken nuggies and just eat them, and that's that's all you take, and you can be a part of the official uh, Nuggy Boys club. Do you so, think Ryan would let me give him a nuggie? We could see that's a great thing because like it could be like a, a kill kill two birds with one stone type thing because like if we get tired of eating chicken nuggets, we could be Nuggy Boys. I like what? where you're headed with that. What if we're like eating the nuggets and then me and you have kind of a, if he doesn't listen to this, I'm sure he's going to listen to it, but our surprise would be we eat the first nugget, slam the rest down, and we just both go for the nuggie. I think that that would make for some great content. Beautiful. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to, going to, going to talk to Ryan about that. We, we got a lot of cool things planned. So be prepared for the nuggie and the nuggies, Ryan, we're coming. Um, but yeah, that, and, uh, just going to be recapping and not recapping, but getting into these games, uh, for Saturday and Sunday. I love Saturday football. I know you do too. Um, so beautiful slate. These games are great. Oh, I cannot wait for that Patriots Titans game for Johnny Smith to just, just take a big, huge shit all over the Patriots defense. Are you ready? I have not recovered. Well, (laughs) I'm going to be recovered as of. Friday at 8 p.m. I'll be recovered from that Dolphins loss. 
Oof. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot of time to recover. Um, so let's talk about, so you've been out, I did a solo, I had to go solo boy. Uh, you've been out. How has your, uh, Christmas and new year's vacation been since I left you in Nashville? It's been a electric two and a half weeks. Um, and when I say electric, let's go ahead and discard all the driving. There's been a lot of driving. It sucks. But a lot of good quality time with family and friends. I got to go to a wedding over the break and see some, see some friends, and uh, got to watch the LSU game in a sports book, the playoff game. So that was cool. A lot, a lot of fun stuff mixed in with a lot of um, a lot of family time, and which is always good. So glad to reset and get back to Nashville. I was just in the car for nine hours, so uh, it's it's been good, man. It was um, having you in Nashville and then leading right into the break was good for a ton of reasons. But one thing it was bad for is I've gained like 10 pounds over the past two and a half weeks. Oof. You should have, you should have ate more of that Prince's chicken that night, the hot chicken. And you would have lost cause I lost weight. Yeah. It went was, through you, but it, it caused like at the time of eating, you gained so much weight, but you lost that times two when you went to the bathroom. I still haven't taken like a decent shit since then. It's been rough. I think that it, I think the spirit of princes lives inside of me now. I believe um, it. I might should go consult with a physician. We should get them to, uh, after all that you've been through, they should sponsor this. They really should. You should go down the street and hit them up. You should be I like, should. Hey, you guys should hear this story. Like the spirit of princes. It's not a good spirit either. It's more of like a demon that lives inside of me now that is haunting me. But <laughs> then again, then again, I, it's probably, it's going to go away soon. I believe I, I do believe. So I believe it'll go away. Um, been eating a lot more wholesome food. Cause I, I, we had a lot of great food over the new year's holiday. I'm sure that you guys had some feasts as well, but, um, it's, it's nothing that, uh, you know, like some, some really good homemade like cabbage and like black eyed peas and like that food that, that was not as hot as Satan's, uh, breath. Um, that I got to eat. That was great. So it, it recalibrated of, your body. Yes, exactly. I, even though like my mind still hasn't like mentally, like gotten back on the plane of like, we're, we're done with the break now. Now you're in a new year. And now you have to realize that you have a job and that you have things you have to do. You can't lay around being worthless anymore. So it's like, so that's why we're here on the podcast. Cause we're like, I was really like, Oh man, we got a podcast. Like I have a podcast. And, and like, like what, what is my life? Cause you know, there's that period of time, like those three days, like after the, like right before the new year and after the new year, you forget like what life even is. Yeah. I felt like I was back in like freshman year college mode, just like sleep. My sleep schedule was off. I was eating whatever I wanted. I just, I just, you're right. It's like the twilight zone. You don't know where you are. You don't know what time it is. I didn't even know where I was. I woke up in a bed and I was at my parents' house and I couldn't figure out where I was. It just was a bizarre, bizarre stretch of time. Bizarre times. Well, the good news is, is that, is that now that we're back here, we're on the mics. We, we've, we've, I think that this is going to be a good reset. So first episode of the decade, you brought up the twilight zone. Speaking of the twilight zone, let's dive into this, this coaching carousel. Ron Rivera is now the head coach of the Washington Redskins. I'm pretty sure Dan Snyder was in the twilight zone. Um, I don't know if you caught his presser, but the first thing this man comes out and says, and if you, if you needed any proof that Dan Schneider is the most idiotic son of a bitch on the planet, you got it here. This man comes out after the new year. It's literally a new year. First of all, I want to say happy Thanksgiving. Like for one, it's like, okay, 
It's not Thanksgiving, Dan. Like, where has he been? This has me worried now. So now I think we need to do more investigation into is, has Dan been abducted by aliens and are the aliens working on him? And that's why the Redskins can't get ahead in life. And he sounded so confident, which makes it even more worse. I mean, it's almost like he did it intentionally for clicks. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, um, good job. I mean, well, if, if that's the case, it is good job. It is good job on him because he's getting publicity, but he's Dan Snyder. He really didn't need that anyway. Cause he's already Dan Snyder. Yeah. He needs less. Right, he needs to like disappear from the NFL, possibly from um from the United States of America. I think that he should restart his life in another country somewhere. Maybe go start a soccer team that he can ruin. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, were you surprised though that there weren't like more laughs or something? I was kind of shocked by that, or more no, like reaction. I, I think that everybody was just bamboozled. You know, because That's they're true. just like, who, like, what, what just happened here? Even Ron, Ron Rivera snickered. He was laughing. <laughs> But it's like, it's like I don't know. The way I look at it is just like you're you're this guy and you've got this new coach and like you want people to to think you're a little more serious now because when you got Riverboat Ron, like you know he's like rolling on the river on up to to Virginia, you want things to to seem a little more serious and kind. It's like because like Jay Gruden was like a clown for a lot of years and now you don't have a clown like you actually have like a guy that has USAA insurance and he's been on commercials. So I feel like that gives you a certain like like pedigree. You know what I mean? Like Ron Rivera's got USAA insurance. Like you got to be in the like a military to get that shit. So. Yeah, it. I I'm all for this coaching change, and I am thrilled to have one of my favorite coaches back with Blackjack Del Rio. That is the real news here. Black, we got Blackjack back. We got Riverboat Ron and Blackjack. Are you kidding me? That's gonna be like the sexiest. The, they, that's the sexiest coaching squad. We need a shirt. Ooh. Shirt I about Ron and Blackjack Del Rio. I'm writing it down right now. Like I can see like like dude, the Riverboat Casino. That's what this is right here. Yes. Trademark by Garage Guys just now. From Drew's brain. Yep. Riverboat. When you get Riverboat Ron and Blackjack Del Rio, there's gotta be somebody ahead of us, right? Or no? I don't think so. We're gonna put river we're gonna we're gonna get a picture of a riverboat. And then we're going to have Ron's face on it. And then on the inside of the boat, it's like going to be like Black Jadaria throwing up deuces, holding like a, like a royal flush. Exactly. And we need like a table, like a poker table or something, some sort of. Okay, I'm getting too creative. We'll just let Dan Snyder's face on the table with tees on it. Maybe not. Was that a red zone moment when we first heard Black Jack Rio? Was that a red zone? Like, that was one of my favorite red zone moments, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Any, anything that comes on Red Zone that's not out of Andrew Siciliano's mouth. It's not valid really to listen to. Yeah, I mute the TV when I watch it because nobody really wants to listen to John Hansen, except for you for some odd reason. You, like, love John Hansen. Is it John or is it Chris or Scott? There's something. It's Chris, Scott, John. Uh, Scott. You see, I don't even remember. It's Scott Hansen. It's Scott Hansen. John Hansen, Scott It's like Hansen. a love-hate thing. Right. It's kind of like the booger thing for me. Yeah, John Hansen's a good guy. He, I think John Hansen's a fantasy sports analyst. And then one of them's the to catch a predator guy, Chris yeah. Hansen. Chris Hansen. Yes. Oh, was that the guy with like the glasses? He's the guy that would like sit some downs. Hey, why don't you sit down here? Why don't you sit down? Where are you going? What do you think you're doing here? Could you imagine one of those moments, and then Dan Snyder walks in the room and tells him Happy Thanksgiving, and then they get arrested? <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron Rivera just peeks around the side and Black Jelk Del Rio is like on his back and they're just laughing. 
That's the shirt. That's what this whole thing was about. And then Scott Hansen buys the shirt and wears it on Red Zone. Live brainstorming sessions, what everyone's witnessing. We're just brainstorming. Mic drop. All right, so that's one part of this. Okay, so the the big story, the story that's been circling everywhere, the one that a lot of a lot of people have just been like so just entertained by for reasons that I don't even understand because everyone knew the guy was going to get fired. Jason Garrett didn't get fired, but he is literally like just he's gone. He's out of the building because they couldn't bring themselves to do it. Like I said before, this is total conspiracy. He did. Yeah. And we could sit here for hours to try to figure this out. But now we have to really start thinking. Like, I saw so many reports, dude. I saw this one report. I think it was on Pro Football Talk where, like, a couple days ago they said that the Jerry Jones got mad and fired the whole coaching staff, and it was not true. How does a source like Pro Football Talk, how are they able to release that when it wasn't real and, like, didn't come back and, like, fix it? I don't know if you, if you caught that or not. I've seen multiple – things by that account be like that so i'm not too surprised i'm not sure if they just i don't know what sources they have are they trying to be troll boys they need to leave that to others yeah that's that's your job (laughs) you you did a hell of a job the other night by the way by the way guys i officially made uh 30 days sober 30 days sober boy that was big news big night and uh and drew drew went in i was not safe by drew's troll boy tactics however yeah 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 um it definitely backfired so uh let's add the context here so i think you tweeted big night big with night. an emoji yeah i had i had to get my rock on emoji you know it's, it's, i do it all the time so i try to interact you know with you on twitter when i can and i saw that and in my current state i was just sitting there like eating some food and i was like this guy's gonna leave that little small tweet and not give us anything else so i so i commented and i was like give us more info you diva and then like i'm like next next time i check my phone you tweet out the the picture of your chip and uh and i was like man so that's what the big night was i feel like a complete asshole so right i know <laughs> but thankfully you found like you found it funny so that's why i, I mean if it had been other people i would have been i would have like tried to so like a big you'd apology. Have been, you'd have been a delete boy. You'd have been a, a remorse letter boy. Yeah. I'll just send you a big apology instead. I just sent you like, hey man, uh sorry I suck. Uh congrats. Or like I was, you know, I'm super pumped for you. I think I went back and commented on the other I the knew photo. I knew the moment that you sent that, I was like, Oh, Drew's about to just get like crushed, but you know me. And like everybody listens to that know they you guys know me. You know that I'm a fun loving guy. Like I, I don't really I rare I rarely get my feelings hurt. Yeah. So it's like that's I love being that way too. Life's way better that way. So don't be a bitch and get your feelings hurt about shit because life's way more fun when you laugh. Definitely. And some part of you, taking that one step further, some part of you is like, oh yeah, this is a trap. Like this is you probably mm-hmm. found some some weird satisfaction. Like oh yeah, Drew's gonna be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. But overall, man, no, we're uh, when I was doing the podcast solo, a little background. I was gonna do this solo tonight, and then. Chase and I ended up doing it, but um, when I was doing it solo, I was going to give you a, a shout out for the one month. So, pump for you, man. I appreciate it, baby. I appreciate it. But yeah, but yeah, we were talking. We were talking about PFT being troll boys. That's how we got here. I did want to say I can just imagine you like eating chips and just like scrolling through Twitter with one hand, with like, and you just see tweets. And you're just like, huh, huh, huh. and then you just <laughs> go in. <laughs> like I just see it. I don't know. It's funny yeah. as fuck. Yeah, I um, can't keep up with that guy though. He tweets so much. He does, man. So, anyway, the reports or whatever, they're, they're out the window now. Main question is, who is coming into Dallas? 
I don't even know like who would want to come in at this point though to work for like Jerry Jones. Like the the main speculation I feel like everybody's kind of been talking about is uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. So you got him, and I'm sure that like if he comes in or whoever comes in, they're going to do a whole like replacement, like sweep pretty much. Like you got the, but some of the guys there that are now, like, I, I don't know if I would let go of some of them. I mean, like, is there anybody like in particular that you think should stay that's already there? I'm not sure. A lot of times you, when you hire a big name coach, they want to bring in their own staff. Um, one popular name was the coordinator just because he got along with Dak was uh, Kellen Moore had a lot of praise with how many passing yards, the Cowboys were putting up, but I tend to agree with kind of what you said about um, it's probably going to be a complete reboot. And there's some college names getting thrown around Lincoln Riley. Uh, Urban Meyer obviously is going to be a college name thrown around, but I noticed a quote today or, or a report. And obviously we don't know what's true and what's not out there on these reports, but there was a quote saying the Cowboys were only interested in people with NFL coaching experience at this time. That would be smart. That would be smart on their part because, like I said, the whole Lincoln Riley thing started off. I saw that on, like, NFL Network. I've been reading articles. And, like, I heard something about Baylor's coach. And I'm like, why would they want to, like – I feel like that's just, like, setting yourself up for fucking failure. It's like, get somebody that's – like, I mean, you got – you got, like – I mean, this might not be the hottest name or the best name, but, like, Mike McCarthy's out there. You got Josh McDaniels out there. That's right. Who else do we got that's floated around? You know, good old Freddie Kitchens, you know, that he'd be a hell of a guy. Got a good belly for Dallas, you know. You see you see all the success that he brought to Cleveland this year. If Freddie Kitchen gets another head coaching job, then <laughs> some, the whole – I feel like the whole, like, entire um, organization is going to get fired. Yeah, they, it, it should, hire. Like, Jerry Jones should fire himself if, if they hired Freddie Kitchens. Just step down. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, there, there's, but there, there are a good bit of names out there. I've even heard people talking about them trying to give a call to old Nick Saban, old oh, Nick, Nicky, Nicky Saban. So, you know, I don't know. All I know is that I hope that whoever goes into Dallas, like they, they're like just good enough to get to the playoffs, and then like they just have to endure another like three years of like suffering of not getting there, because it feels like that's the narrative nowadays. Yeah, it's gonna take a special person for uh to get along with. Jerry Jones and the Browns aren't any better off with Jimmy Haslam, you know, like they're, they're yeah, pretty much yeah. screwed. So look at Tennessee. He's got a big, he plays a big part in Tennessee's organization too. So, right. You know what I mean? Like you, you got the, he like, he loves orange, but you just can't play good football in orange for some reason in, uh, in this century. So not, not looking too hot, but the best days are behind them. The I'm best days are behind. The best days are behind. Hey, they did just win a bowl game tonight. Big winners, right? Look out. Yeah, the big T. The big T. Was Peyton Manning there? Was he playing quarterback? Yeah, they threw him in there for a few plays, but then he needed to get some steroids injected into his neck, so he uh, had to take some time (laughs) off. (laughs) Are you sure it wasn't Texas and not Tennessee? (laughs) Did they really win a game? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. The only the only college that I've been paying attention to is has been LSU, just because Joe Burrow man. is doing god shit. He is, he is. But te- Texas and UT both won their bowl games, so happy for both of them. And happy for fan. the T's. Good, yeah. good night for T's. The letter T. If you got the letter T in your name, congratulations. All right. So shifting gears from NFL, we had Ryan Vargas uh, was a NASCAR next driver. 
raced in the K&N series, races in the Xfinity series. Awesome guy, officially Nuggy Boys. Enjoy the interview. Here's Ryan Vargas, NASCAR Xfinity driver. All right, Garage Fam, it has been a while since we've had a guest on the show. We're kicking the new year off right in 2020. NASCAR's 2020 season is right around the corner. And what better way to start it than by having a driver on the show. I want to welcome on Ryan Vargas, uh, NASCAR driver, up-and-coming NASCAR driver. Ryan, what's good with you, man? Thanks for being on the show. No, yeah. I love doing these. I love doing podcasts. Uh, thank you for having me on. Podcast boy. Podcast boy in action right here. Yeah, That's I know right. You've been, uh, you've been kicking. You're actually telling me that the power went out at your spot. Where did you, like, live? Where, where do you live in like a, like a hole? I'm in a, I'm actually right in, um, I'm right in Concord, right by actually Charlotte Meter Speedway. Um, it's been oh. raining all day, so I can only imagine what happened outside, but it went out for a little bit. It's back on now. I actually talked to you on my phone. It's plugged in, but the Wi-Fi went out. So that's why I couldn't use my laptop because now my Wi-Fi router is being all buggy. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to fix that later on, but. Oh, so yeah, I hear you're, you're not the only person, man. There's so many people like that living like on the coast, actually, because we've had a lot of guests that were on either the West Coast or the East Coast. And it's just like always a problem. So we blame it on the water. So that's why I like to stay like right here in my little central area of the United States. So we don't have as many oh, yeah. issues there, but it's all good. So make sure you have plenty of candles. I'll be sure to send you some candles next time i like candles specifically specifically fruit fruit scented i love fruit scented candles big time i'm a big ocean breeze guy big ocean, ocean breeze <laughs> i like i like i like crisp crisp morning air that's like kind of like my thing that and like a nice bubble then like a nice bubble bath that sounds bubble great that sounds beautiful actually we got I'm a, okay so candles <laughs> bath bombs yeah we're, we're doing all of it 2020 yeah. new year new me right <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about we talk about driver programs. This is this is peak. This is peak physical yes. condition right here. This is peak stuff right here. Yes, man. So yeah, dude, you uh, you you've done a lot in these past two years, man. I've been following you. Um, I know a lot of people. Your fan base is growing, man. You're you're killing the game out there. Um, I know that you've uh, you're doing a little bit of uh, i racing stuff here and there, just kind of playing around, and that's kind of a huge thing for a lot of drivers now. It's something that I've even kind of gotten into myself because it's just enjoyable as hell to be able to just kind of sit there and run these tracks um but but man with you kind of starting out you know you're 19 years old you're, you're coming up you've, you've had some xfinity races this past year uh when, when did this start for you man like when did you realize that like driving was a was going to be a thing for you yeah like i am um, so i grew up being a huge fan of motorsports like i would wake up i'd set my alarm for four or five a.m to watch imsa races on speed channel when that was around and i loved monster jam i still have a piece of grape digger that dennis anderson signed like that's, oh, that's, that's how just, that's just, that's how much I liked motorsports. And so, um, I tried every sport. I tried basketball, football, soccer, you named it. I did it. I sucked at all of it. Um, <laughs> and it was just, I didn't like it. I never had fun doing it. And, uh, when I was about 11, 10 or 11 years old, I found out that kids can race. And I found out that Bandoleros, which is what I started Bandoleros. I stumbled over my word there. Um, that's, it's a series that kids could start out racing in. And so I was like 11, 12 years old, getting into it. And I'm just racing, trying to figure out this, figure, figure it all out. I mean, you think about it, that was 2012. So that was now eight years ago, which is crazy. Um, but just starting out like that, starting out at my age, turning out, it turns out that that's late to start too. Like most kids start when they're four or five, maybe, right. maybe even three, like it's crazy. And so like, I remember I was talking to one of my buddies when I was racing like back then. And I was like, yeah, I just started this year, you know, finishing fifth. I'm stoked. And he's like, 
man, I start, I started racing when I was five and I'm like, geez. <laughs> yeah, you, you had to catch up a little bit. I mean, how, I mean, is it like mad expensive to like get into that? Like as a kid, like I've heard a lot of people talk, like I knew a lot of people that did go-kart racing, um, growing up and I had a few friends, but like, I know they, they pump some money into that stuff. Dude. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, you, it's good to get help from family and, uh, but for me, I'm uh, with Bandoleros. Bandoleros is pretty inexpensive, you know, and you could do it right with a very minimal budget. I remember we bought the the best car we owned because we had two Bandoleros, one for the road courses and uh, big tracks. Like, so anything bigger than like anything bigger than like three eighths of a mile, we drove that thing on and it, cause it was just so straight and it had so much straightaway speed. And then we had a short track car for right. tracks that were like a quarter mile and shorter. And, um, the best car, which was that that super quote unquote super speedway bando, um, yeah. that car we bought for twenty one hundred dollars, and it was sitting in the back of a garage covered in dust in L.A. County. That's the best and, ones. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first first race out, first race out, we won with it. So it was just it was one of those situations where you know you get lucky, and we got lucky with both of our cars, honestly. Hell yeah, man. That's a hell of a way to start the career too with a win. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't go wrong there. Like looking back on that, it's just like you knew from the moment you won the first race, you're like, okay, this is it. We're on now. Oh yeah. Yeah. The first year we got our, like my first year back in 2012, we got the state championship and granted there wasn't many California tracks open at the time, but to start off and get a championship, my dad was, my dad's big on winning. And so he was very, very excited to hear that we did that. And that kind of like flipped the switch for him. He was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna put some some real effort into this," and it was pretty cool. Hell yeah, man! Did he uh? Did, so was it like your dad or like your mom? Kind of like the driving force behind that, you know, kind of helped motivate you and like like get you in, or was it just something that you just completely did on your own? It was something that I really wanted to pursue. My dad was a big NASCAR fan, still is, and um, you know, he's one of my biggest motivators, I guess you could say. You know, he just he got out of high school and went straight to the workforce. He's an iron worker. And so he's big on, you know, busting your butt and getting, getting stuff done as, as, you know, honestly as possible as well. And so I've been kind of referring to him a lot when I talk about my work, my work ethic. And then my mom, she's very smart. She went to college and all that. And she's a kindergarten teacher now. And whenever I have questions regarding business or something like that, she's the one I go to and stuff. So it's it's really neat to kind of have that dynamic of you know my family when it comes to racing. Hell yeah, man! It's always good to have a a good uh good good support system that's backing you yeah. and pushing you along the way, man. So that's awesome to hear. Um, you know, and and I obviously I have to ask like you you know you talk about like Grave Digger being like one of your favorite. I remember growing up like Ryan Anderson's like the goat when it yes. comes to the monster trucks. So I uh, I'm right there with you on that. But um, with NASCAR, you said your dad was a big fan, so I'm, I imagine you grew you grew up watching it with him. Like, uh, was there like a certain driver like that inspired you? You know, for me, it was Jeff Gordon. I One of the first races I watched with my dad was one that Jeff Gordon won. And so kind of from there, I always saw the 24 uh, car as like the car to look watch. And I mean, back, and that was back in the like 2008 to 2009 re- time. So you were seeing, you know, the 24 car like on, on billboards and in TV shows and making cameos. Uh, yeah. So that's something I hope to kind of, you know, show and bring back with NASCAR and stuff like that. I want to put... Like, I like seeing 
NASCAR, like all the cultures blending. That's what I like. And that's, I think Jeff Gordon did that best. Same dude. I mean, like that's, that's a big thing that we're out to here with garage guys too, man. It's like, since we've gotten heavy in the NASCAR, cause my dad was a huge NASCAR fan growing up and I was fortunate enough, you know, to, I was in like the, the early, we're, we're a little, we got a little bit of an age difference. So like I was in like the mid to late nineties going to like Talladega, getting to see like the rainbow warrior go up against Dale Earnhardt senior. And like, oh, that's I, insane. Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible, man. The first race I went to, Dale Jarrett won it. I think it was in '97 at Talladega, oh. and uh, I got to see uh, I got to see Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt. I mean, like the crowd was insane, and like you want to see that again in the sport because if if it almost feels like you know when you were coming up, you you had Jeff Gordon with flames. I had that Rainbow Warrior car, and I was a big Jeff Gordon guy too. But uh, you know, being a kid, it's like you didn't realize the rivalry between Dale Earnhardt Sr. and uh, and Jeff Gordon. And the, the fans itself. So the older I got, the more I got to appreciate that. But uh, it's like you're longing for that back in the sport now. And like I'm, I'm really, I have a really good feeling that we're going to start kind of seeing more of these rivalries brew uh, coming into this decade now. And like just everything that's happening in the entire realm of NASCAR right now, it just seems like we're on the cusp of something. Big. It's, it's very, it's very true. I mean, you look at, I've kind of just kind of come to the realization that everyone everyone in general just really, really likes NASCAR at heart, you know, not, it's very hard to get someone to get, to take it, to take their day and sit on the couch and watch an entire race. And I think the days of finding fans and getting them to sit and watch an entire race, that is hard to do. It's very hard to do. And it's very hard to do nowadays. I don't think there's going to be much of a growth when it comes to getting them to sit and watch a race on TV. But now we have all these avenues of, you know, streaming and getting, you know, all this stuff, you know, there's social media, like, I remember going to Talladega this year and just seeing the craziness that was going on there. I mean, that's, yeah. that was NASCAR country there and it's still Hell yeah, crazy. Dude. There's hundreds of thousands of people there. Like that's yeah. insane. We like, actually, is, we got to link up there. I got to, that's where I, yes. I that's the first time I met you in person was at Talladega in the garage. Was that, yep. was that your first time at the track? That was my second time there. I went to the spring race. I went to both races this year. That was, that was a pretty neat experience. But like, like I said, though, like you look at Barstool, perfect example. Barstool Sports getting into NASCAR. Dave Portnoy, they hired, they obviously for the day 2500, they hired Barstool to cover that event. But then you look at like everything else that's come with it. They legitimately right. like NASCAR. It yes. kind of takes, it takes bringing someone to the track to get them to like it. It's so hard for me to get a friend to sit down and watch a race with me because they get bored. And don't get me wrong. It gets boring on TV sometimes. And um, I think getting someone to go to the track and see the cars, hear the engines, hear the crashing, the metal crunching, everything that goes on, that's what matters. That's what puts butts in seats. That's what is just what NASCAR needs to use, utilize. We have cars running door to door going 180, 190, 200 miles an hour, flipping through the air. Brennan gone flying like a Tony Hawk. That shit was like wild, dude. Yeah, it kick was flip. awesome. <laughs> yes, he did a full-on kickflip. Like that's something that like NASCAR kind of needs to fuse to feel. And I'm not saying advertise wrecks, but I'm saying advertise the craziness of NASCAR. Like well, the cars themselves now are like so safe. It's like I think it was Dale Jr. that said it on uh, on his podcast, the download. He was like, like, if I'm flipping through the air, I feel more comfortable there than I would like in a normal car. Like, that's driving. what Brendan Gaunt said. Brendan Gaunt yeah. said, like, he said, I'm not worried about flipping. I'm worried about hitting a wall. Right. He said that flip was one of the easiest crashes of his entire racing career. Like, it's just that's, that's one of the things that's with racing. Racing is so safe now, and that's a really good thing. And that's a big attestment, a test to everything that NASCAR and their R&D department's done. 
Like every time I get into a race car, I feel safer than I would anywhere else. Like it's hard for me to get in a roller coaster now because I just, I feel so much more <laughs> safe in a race car. Right. Which is crazy. It is, man. It's crazy. Cause like anybody that's never like sat in like a race car, or like been on the track, like they, you trying to explain it to them. They're just like, are you nuts? Like, this, well, I mean, like, I've had cars, <laughs> I've had cars plow into me while I'm sitting at a dead stop at like 90 miles an hour and I've walked away. Like I'm, right. I've been in accidents. I've seen it and I've seen friends getting incredible accidents and get away, get away and walk away. It's, it's a big deal with how safe the sport is. And now I think we're at a point where, you know, we're able to kind of risk it. Like you see this year, like with the new package, all the drivers are driving extremely hard now, making bigger risks. Like that finish at uh, Kentucky this year with Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch, door slamming each other. You would not see that another year and a half ago. No, I don't think you would. And that that was that period. I was yeah. going to say that was that period where like NASCAR, like I feel like it was like the worst period for NASCAR at all time because like everything was just – a lot of people would talk about how they, you know, you went from like having all these crazy risks and like the wildness and the energy of the race itself just kind of being all over the place. And that's what fans love and what fans crave. And there was that period of time, I think it was between somewhere between like, you know, 2014 to like, to like 2016, 2017, where it was just kind of like – it was a little bit boring and there wasn't, nobody was really wanting to kind of get out there and make those moves like you're talking about. So now we're finally maybe hopefully entering back into that age, that age. And I, and I believe that we are because of all these safety measures they put on there. You can be a lot more aggressive. Oh yeah. And it's, it's incredible. I mean, and the racing being a part of it, watching it in the stands, watching it on TV, it's, it's insane. So a lot of people that are just getting into NASCAR, you know, they, they think, you know, Gander Outdoor Truck Series, you think Xfinity Series, and then, of course, the, the new NASCAR Cup Series. But a lot of people don't know about the other avenues of racing. And I know a lot of people that listen to our show that are really big into football. And, you know, we're, we're starting to make that move now into NASCAR and kind of like getting them more involved. But you, uh, you did a lot of racing in the K&M Pro Series as well. And that's, that's something that, uh, that I've gotten a lot more familiar with in the past year. You know, care to talk a little bit about that and like how that differs really from, you know, the, the three major series that a lot of people talk about today. Yeah. You know, the K&N series, well, now it's going to be the Arca series, but with the K&N series is basically kind of like a regional touring series. I was in the K&N East. I drove with uh, Rev Racing as part of the Drive for Diversity program due to my Hispanic ethnicity. And um, that right there is kind of like grassroots racing. Um, it's not as much grassroots as I would say like late model racing or anything else, but Definitely the K&N level, you know, old Bush cars and stuff like that. And, you know, you had these NASCAR style stock cars going to these short tracks and racing. And that was pretty sweet. And now with the whole ARCA and K&N merger, I think it's going to be really good to see how that works out. Um, you're going to have these full body door to door, door beaten K&N races. I mean, you see, I remember this year I was following the rivalry of uh, my buddy Jagger and my other buddy Haley, like, you know, just wrecking each other. And it, it, yeah. it's awesome. It's it's full on close quarters racing it in is, a NASCAR man. stock car. <laughs> I started I started watching it a lot more this year. I think I watched the uh, the championship race, the ARCA championship, um, and it was uh, just the way that they get around and move. It is so different, and like you said, it's just uh, it can provide a little bit more action. Granted, a lot of people don't know about it, but you know, opening up those types of races and those different series that are out there, I think that that's something that more people are, are starting to get into, especially with this uh, the culture that's kind of been building up on social media. Um, I know that you you and I both mutually follow an account, Mayo is Glue. It's one of the first yes. NASCAR meme accounts I've followed. It's hilarious, by the way. If you're not following it, you need to go follow at Mayo's Glue 
on Instagram. But, uh, you know, that account, is, they started showcasing a lot of these drivers. I didn't have any idea who these people were, these cars. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? And then I learned about this entire web in this world of all this racing going on outside of like the three major series. And, um, and so I think that that's kind of what sparked my interest, but I'm hoping to see a lot more people get into that. But are you, uh, you were also a part of the NASCAR next program in 2018 too. Um, and with that, I mean, is that, is that one of those things where it's just kind of like, you know, you're, you're kind of featured for the year or is that like something that is going to be putting you up into, um, into like, you know, getting close to the cup series? What does that all entail being a part of it? So being a part of NASCAR next, I mean, first of all, it's really cool to be a part of that, but you know, with NASCAR next, it's basically NASCAR, you know, finding the, NASCAR has heard of these drivers. They've been following them and uh, they basically select nine drivers throughout the year that are quote unquote NASCAR next. Like these are the guys to watch. And what was really cool about it was I was friends with more than half of those guys in NASCAR next. And uh, like, and I became friends with a lot of those guys. Like I'm now pretty good buddies with Riley Zane and Haley Deegan. And, you know, I was already buddies with my buddy, Will, Will Rogers. So, you know, it was really cool to kind of see each other at that level. And it, what meant a lot to me was, you know, I knew a lot of those guys growing up as well. Like I watched Zane and Riley. I've seen Noah and Todd Gillen come through NASCAR next as well. And, you know, I knew it was tough to be at that position. Like on my family and I, we've, we've gone through a lot of, you know, the financial difficulties of racing. And I was very fortunate to have been picked up by Rev last year because they really took us out of a hole. And, uh, you know, going into 2018, really just, I remember the look on people's faces when I walked in when, you know, for the NASCAR next announcement, because nobody knew who, who made it. Um, you walk in and people were like, holy cow, this kid made it. Like, yeah, you know, there was, it was, it was a really cool sight. It was a really cool feeling, you know, and you could see some people even having jealousy, like, dang, this kid made it. (laughs) Right. You know, it was, it was a, it was really humbling you know, like I said, we've made it this far with what we have. I'm very fortunate to have the support of my family and to have made it this far. Like I said, to make it, to have made it this far with what we have is, is unbelievable. Right, man. I mean, I mean that's, that's huge. And I, and I look at that too. I mean, that's really when I first heard of you was through like, you know, I think it was an advertisement or something online talking about the NASCAR next. And I was looking at all the drivers coming up and, um, and I never really know, like, you know, kind of like what it was, what it was about, but I, obviously it's, you can tell it's, because these are the guys that are coming up big. And so that's a huge honor, dude. I mean, that's all that work, you know, all that stuff you talk about, like growing up with you, with your dad and pushing you. I mean, like you're, you're starting to see it kind of all like, uh, it's like, it's like you're almost like manifesting all this and it's all, you know, coming true. And the, the reality of it is, is that you are on that track and like, you know, you can tell just by like, you know, watching the way you race and your demeanor and the way that you do things, man, it's, it's epic. And, uh, and it's going to continue to get better too. And I mean, from that, um, you've actually did some races with, I think it was a uh, JD, uh, motorsports and Xfinity. Yes. So that, so you've had three races this past year or in 2000 and, uh, I think it was, it was, was it this past year? 2019. Yeah. 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 2019. You hit up, you had Iowa road America and Phoenix. First, first thing I got to ask you, what is road America? Like, like behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> like not, not on like a simulator. Cause I've, I've raced it on a simulator. It's fun. I enjoy it. But I know like a lot of people, and like you said, you said it yourself that the simulator is way different from the track, even though it can be used as a tool. Like what, what is it like being behind that wheel on that course? It's insane. I mean, you're carrying so much speed down the straightaways there. I mean, 
I, I think we were clocked in going anywhere between 165 to 170 at the end of the straightaways and just going into a hard downhill braking zone. And, you know, the track's so worn in that it's starting to warp. So you're getting like a little bit of a rattle every time you get on the brakes. And it's just so fun. You get all these guys racing so hard, racing door to door. And I jokingly say, I say it all the time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very open about this, but like that race was by far one of the easiest races I've ever done. Really? See, I wouldn't <laughs> yes. see it that way at all. Like, like, dude, for so, me, like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Don't go get ahead. me wrong. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Road racing is by far the hardest thing to do. And I'm not saying, oh, I, it's easy for me because I'm good at it. No, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say I'm proficient. You know, I can, I can get a car up there and I could race. And, you know, I can do some, some stuff, but I'm, I still have a lot to learn. But, you know, going into that race, I got the call to go to come out and do this, do that race. And the goal for the weekend was to finish. They said, we don't care if you have to finish last place. You need to finish this race. This car needs to run the Roval. It is, you know, the primary. It's going to be the main car that we're going to be using. So we can't have this car get wrecked. And so for me, I'm like, Shit, cool. that's a lot of pressure, dude. <laughs> yeah. So here's me second time in the Xfinity car and y'all put me on a road course with walls and tire barriers and sand. And I'm just oh, like, shit. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I felt I, in all of my road course starts, like even Watkins Glen in New Jersey last year, you know, those were two road courses that I did in the KN series. And, you know, I never had real much issue, you know, New Jersey, I had my falters cause I, that was my first ever road course in anything. And I went off a couple times there, but besides that, it was a relatively smooth and clean weekend. And, same thing with Watkins Glen, you know, we just had some issues when someone went off in the grass in front of me and got grass and grow so I had a pit to get it cleaned off. And, you know, some pit mistakes happened. We don't talk about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, keep that under but, the wraps. Um, I think I know I think I know why you're so good at road courses. You've probably played a shitload of Mario Kart in your life. Yes. So you can just say Mario Kart is what makes you good at road courses. Well, if you can official if you can if yeah, if you can run Rainbow Road and not fall off, you can do Road America. <laughs> Oh shit! That's, um, you just inspired a shitload of people right yeah, now. If you, do, if you can do Road America, and I mean, if you could do Rainbow Road and not and not fall off and like maybe win, you can do Road America. Easy. Are we talking no. Wii controller or Wii U controller? I would say uh, no. We're talking Wii U because I was born. I was in the age of the of the Wii. Oh, um, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing, like I said, kind of going back to the Road America stuff, like the reason why it was so easy is just because like I went in that race with the mentality of I have to finish. Like if there's someone that's trying to pass me, I basically put my hand out the window and said, go. Like there's no need for me to fight this. Oh, you know, damn. we I have to finish this race. I mean, there was one point where we were actually going to line up. I think it was anywhere around 11th or 12th coming to a restart. And I was actually told, you know, let's go to the back. We got to, we got to fall back. And luckily, that was, that's what we did because a bunch of cars ended up going off in that restart. So it ended up being a good thing. But, I mean, I was racing against guys who have been racing for longer than I've been alive. And yeah. literally, I would let these guys go. Like, I would go down the straightaway, and I'd see someone coming. So I'd just kind of, like, take it easy, let them – like, if they, if they showed a nose, I'd kind of let them have that inside. And, you know, they'd go by, and then the next corner, they'd drive straight off the racetrack. And it's just like – and then you're just thanks like, for, see you later, thanks, some bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for the spot. See ya. And like, we ended up finishing 18th, getting the top 20, like out of, you know, all those guys. It was a big deal getting a top 20 like that. I think we led the team. I know my other teammates had issues, but to lead the team and uh, be the first finisher of the team and to 
you know, finish with a clean car. We didn't have a scratch. There was nothing on the car. Like that's it, epic. I mean, it looked, that's, it, see, that's what's really looked, hard to do. Cause like, like there were so many guys, there were so many guys that had tore up race cars. Like their fenders were gone. The rear bumpers were destroyed. There was not even a scratch on my car. That's a huge accomplishment right there. Like, yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. I mean, I can't tell you how happy Johnny was. <laughs> oh, I bet, Johnny man. Davis, the team owner, he was, he was stoked. He was like, he was like, man, you brought home a top 20 and a clean race car. Let's, I like this. <laughs> yeah, did he take did he take you out for pizza? <laughs> Obviously, he can't take you out for beers and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure he took you out for for something, man. So that's that's no, awesome to was... hear that, though, dude. Like, I mean, it's because like a lot of people, like you said, you're talking about smart racing. You're talking about clean racing, and it's like you know, kind of sitting back and the good things come to those who wait. You know, talking about some of these guys exactly. trying to be really ex- aggressive, and I mean, that's the thing that that's going to take you really far in the sport. Yeah, and it's just, and that's what I've really enjoyed about racing at JD. You know, it's you know we don't have the same stuff as a junior or a penske or a gibbs but you know these guys bust their tails and they put you know what we can on the racetrack and when we go there we're racing our we're racing our heart out but we also got to know we got to finish the race and it's taught me a totally different mindset when i go into these races you know it's the same deal with every race you know i still have to finish you know it's you know road america was a specific deal but you know going into every race i'm i'm like i need to finish this race if i finish the race first you know you have to make it to the finish line that's the main thing and then Wherever the cards fall, that's where they fall. And, you know, fortunately enough, you know, two of the three were able to run inside the top 20 and even, you know, compete for a top 15 in Iowa. I remember I was racing door to door with some of the junior motorsports cars. Like that was, that was a blast. And so, you know, and that's what's been the big part of it too. You know, a lot of drivers, you know, they try to jump in, they try to jump in these big, these really good ARCA teams or these really good truck teams or these really, really good affinity teams. And it's just like, it's so much being invested into so few races you see drivers who come in, you know, do a one or two race deal with a big Xfinity team, and then they go and they wreck. And it's like, oh, congrats! Right. <laughs> like what? Uh, like what did that accomplish? What did that accomplish? Like nothing. You look like an idiot. You look like, <laughs> you look like, and not even that. But if they go out and say if they're in a race winning car and they go out and finish tenth, like, congrats! Like, I guess it's I guess you got a top ten in a car that should win. <laughs> do you think do you, you know, think that there are like some tracks that are acceptable to be like overly aggressive at though? Oh yeah. There's tons of tracks. What like what's that, your favorite you know? track to be aggressive as fuck at? You know, I, I grew up racing uh Irwindale Speedway, uh half mile. I'm talking I'm talking about short track racing now. We I ran Irwindale yeah, Speedway let's go. We uh I mean a calm restart is three wide. Like it's it's insane. And then another one that I did this year was racing with Lee Falk racing. Um we did we did Hickory Motor Speedway. That that place has been around since NASCAR was born, and that track is rough as hell. But you go you go in there, you're sending this car into the corner, carrying so much speed, and you better hope that that guy on the outside he doesn't chop your nose because you all better go go for a ride if he hits you. Right. You finished so third there uh, in back in March, yeah. didn't you? Yes, finished third there back in March. Did and then you, t- you and, took uh, you took the, you're talking about Irwindale. You finished first in Irwindale uh, back in yeah. March as well, right? Got a got a couple wins at Irwindale this year. I think we got so two. Obviously, wins there. the aggressiveness is coming out because I mean, like you're taking hold. You're getting that top five, and you get that first place finish. So I mean, like you're you're getting in on them, man. Like I mean, how how many people are, did you piss off at these tracks? <laughs> There's been a couple fights. I mean, you know, you just you sometimes you that's just, that energy, Ryan. That's what we yeah. want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and. Like, I don't, I'm not a driver to use my car as a weapon. Like, that's my least favorite thing is when someone chases someone under caution and tries wrecking. That's, to me, that's the lowest of the low. Like, don't get me wrong, when I go to Bowman Gray, I hope to see that. But, <laughs> but you know, 
if you're a driver and you use your car chasing someone down, like whether you're racing a street stock or a cup car, chasing someone down under yellow and wrecking, wrecking them and doing stuff like that, that's just the lowest of the lowest. Right yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple, um, of, a couple of those happen this past year. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just – it's really – it's just so bad. Like, it's you got to be able to get out you gotta be able to get out of the car and, like, like back up your shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's so bad when someone goes out there and tries chasing you down and, you know, they, you get out of the car and they act like nothing's happened. You know, that's the, that's the worst thing. And it's just, you, you know, the message I, I you want to give to anyone in particular. <laughs> no, no one in particular, uh, any, any issues I had this year, they're resolved. Um, that's, and that's the thing about, and that's the thing about racing, you know, you get, and that's, and that's what I love about it the most too. And you know, it, it bugs me when some people don't have this mentality and a lot of people don't, and like, you know, that's, that's fine for them. But for me, you know, you're going to get in arguments in racing. You're going to, you're going to hit, you're going to hit people. You're going to run over someone. You're going to wreck someone. And, you know, you're going to disagree. But at, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people investing money into these race cars. There's a lot of people working on these race cars. There's a lot, you know, these drivers, you yourself as a driver, you've invested a lot of your time and effort and everything you can into racing. And, you know, to get taken out, it sucks. And, but at the same time, everyone knows that they're there for the same thing. That's to win races. That's to race these race cars. That's to do their job. And so when I get in an argument with someone, you know, I, you know, it, it happens. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you know, that's how it went for that day. But, you know, I'll let it rest for a few weeks, for a week or so. And then I'll shoot them a call and say, hey, let's talk about this. You know, because, you know, the way you're thinking five minutes after a crash is going to be a lot different from what you're thinking five days after a crash. And that's what, that's right. kind of like my mentality. And I, like I said, I've been in, I had a few run-ins this year, a few small run-ins and, you know, about a week after those deals, I'll call those drivers. Or I'll reach out to them. Like I had a run-in with my buddy, Jace Jones. And, you know, now like I talk to him all the time and he's a good buddy of mine. Like that's how a lot of my friendships have been kind of made. Yeah. You, <laughs> you get know, that you respect, wreck a guy, man. You, Yeah. You wreck a guy and then, Oh, best way to make friends is just go on the road and just turn someone and that's, you know. Could you imagine if that's how people made friends in like real life, like on the freeway? It's like, oops, you know, I don't have any insurance. I'm sorry. I just hit your car. And then you like, you go out you like wanna, mimosas the next day. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? You know what? Let me treat you to some, you want brunch. I don't yeah. get brunch. Sorry <laughs> your car is totaled. Let's get brunch. Good shit. Like, so it's like talk your shit, but respect the biz. That should be a trademark. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's actually kind of a good way to think about it. You know, it's like I said, you know, there's a lot of people putting their time into these things. And so everyone's out there for the same thing, you know, and you're this guy, the guy that you're racing with or the guy you just wrecked or the guy who wrecked you, you both are after that same thing. So at the end of the day, you know, I doubt anybody out there, out there really goes out and tries to intentionally spin someone under green and, you know, does stuff like that. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I doubt that happens, but it happens. But, you know, not everybody goes out there with the intent of wrecking. When someone gets into a me in the race, the first thing I do is go out and get out of my car, take a minute to breathe, and then I go and talk to that person. I'd rather just get it over with and talk about it just so it's over with. You know, and sometimes that bites me. Sometimes that bites me because that person is not happy. But frankly, I could care less. <laughs> like, I'd rather talk about it, get it over with. And if they're pissed off, then, <laughs> you know, they're just, you know, not going to deal with it, through, I guess. Exactly, right. you know. So yeah. man, um, look, looking at this too, like, like kind of getting, uh, getting to closing up, I, I wanted to, to run these things by, I was taking a look at your biography 
on your uh, on your website. Two things st- stood out to me, a guy. So you know, we're big on music here at uh, with Garage Guys. Um, not only we love sports, but we love music and bringing that into it together. And you know, I'm hoping to do a lot of big stuff with music and NASCAR together. Um, how how difficult or how much better do you think it would make the race if you know you're a big classic rock guy? How much better would it be to have music in the car with you while you're racing? You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, it gets boring. Like, you know, you're in a, you're in a rhythm and you're just kind of driving, but you know, sometimes it's better to not hear anything. Um, but here's my proposition. I don't understand why, like at places like Bristol, why they have at track announcers, you cannot hear a damn thing there. If you're going to play something over the speakers, play some, play some black, uh, back in black, play some Aerosmith. This dude, yeah, he wants his thunderstruck great, in in yeah. the uh, the last great Coliseum. Literally, like I remember Fontana actually did a really good job of it this year. They played, I forgot what song they played, but they played a song when Molly they came Crew. to green. And it, they played, yeah, they played Molly. It Crew. was uh, it was Molly Crew's uh, "Kickstart My Heart." Yes, they played that for the entire like first two laps of the race. It was so dope. Like, see, that's that, that kind of shit I want to bring to this sport, Ryan. Like, that's like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about. That's what that's what gets people pumped up. People don't hear and they come off of turn number four. Like right, cool. <laughs> like don't get me wrong. Like that works. Back yeah, in, announcers like, are good for TV. They're good for TV. Yeah. They're good for people listening at home. But like, if I'm and at I'm a race, I, I want I, I want to hear like you know I, I, you can have that. But like nowadays, you have like the headsets. Everybody wears headsets in the in the stands now. So it's like you have your channels. You can go through, listen to your drivers and stuff. Why not have like an option where you have like literally a soundtrack going on at the race where like you can like, yeah. just, like preset music? And I mean, like, I'm not saying get rid of track track announcers, but I'm saying like, we like, I don't understand why they're talking during like a green flag run when you cannot hear a thing. Like, right. I guess I'd much rather have a background song playing, like a good background song, not like some, not like Happy by Pharrell Williams. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. We I, can't I, have that shit. Like we need, we need, we need music. And Are you big into rap? <laughs> Are you a rap guy at all? I like rap. I like every type of music. So I mean, there's. Yeah, I want to bring some rap to these racetracks, man. I think that's so. What, that's I've, what NASCAR's I've like. incorporated a lot of different. That's a thing too for me. I try to incorporate a lot of different, you know, cultures. Like I said, you know, and I've used rap music in my videos and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of them. I use rap. Oh, yeah. I use I use some country. I use some, you know, fast paced rock and roll like. It, even I'll even I, I think one point I used a '50s doo-wop song because it kind of fit with the video. Yeah, that's just some next level shit. That's out my wheelhouse, but more power like, to you. <laughs> that, but it like, it you know it you have to have fun with it, it and that's and that's kind of why I do what I do. You know, like I said, you know we've been dealt a hand in in life and with racing, and you know we don't have as much as a lot of other people who who do race, and uh, you know so. The only way I'm keeping through and trying to do as much as I can is because I just enjoy it. I love racing. I'm, I'm as much of a fan as I am a racer. And I'm, you know, I, I say it all the time. I'm a fan that just happens to drive race cars. And, oh, yeah. you know, and that's kind of been my mentality. And that's kind of why I've tried to be as, as, you know, as personal as I can with fans, you know, and that's what I've really enjoyed. You know, I've started to get the whole Rhino gang off the ground and we got some shirts coming out hopefully this month. And, uh, It'll yeah. be really cool. I talked to you too about the uh, about the shirts. We got to link up on that, man. Get some '90s style swag. I'm talking like mural tees, like full on oh, back got, and front. We got some vaporwave stuff. We got some '80s themed. We got some, you know, 
modern, simplistic stuff. I mean, it's we're going, we're hitting all, we're hitting the whole spectrum. And then we're gonna get, and then we're gonna get the Garage Guys exclusive one. There we go. Let's do it's it. Coming. All right, we're linking up for that for sure. So we're making that happen. Um, last thing before we go, you're a chicken nugget boy. You like your nuggies? Oh, yeah. Big I nugget like my nuggies. Who's got the best nuggies, man? McDonald's. You're over Chick Fil A, bro. Yeah. Oh, dude. Dude, Chick Fil A nuggies are Chick Fil A nuggies are just trash. And I could say and what? I, and I was, yeah, Chick Fil A nuggies are trash. Yeah, I should box, say they're trash. Man. Yeah, I mean they're, <laughs> they're not trash. They're okay. But the thing is, like people, big, people's biggest argument to me, like I'm, I don't eat McDonald's. Like I'll eat it like once in a blue moon, and so like. But it's just their nuggets. Moon, yeah, it's just their nuggets. Like you go to McDonald's, and like I've had people be like, "Ew, have you seen that video of like how it's made?" It's like, yeah, that made me hungry. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It tastes delicious. But you know, so there's this brand of, of chicken nuggets that I get every time I go to California. My mom, there's some people that rent out a room at my, at my childhood home and um, they have a kid and they buy these ch- chicken, dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. Dude, and I swear legendary. to God, those things, those things are delicious. Those are the best nuggets out there. I saw if you tweet that. It, you yeah, tweeted not, that the other you, day and i retweeted it because i was like dude, this is shit of legends right here like yes dinosaur if you, nuggets. if you didn't grow up if you didn't grow up on dino nuggies did you have a childhood like this You're, that's, yes it <laughs> is like, so valid no, you probably don't yeah, remember this but like uh it was it was early 2000s you were a baby you were born like 2000 so like i remember I like the born year, in 2000 yes you were an infant bro you weren't eating nuggies bro you you were you were sipping you were sipping on the milk so yeah. they jurassic park three came out and they are no Jurassic Park two. My bad. They released Burger King had dinosaur shaped nuggets. I think that's where it all began for the bagged ones you buy at the store. And I remember okay. eating those nuggets. So yeah, those are the real OG ones. Uh, unfortunately, you I, probably can't I, find them anywhere. But I will say this: um, Burger King's chick chicken fries are a close second, though, to McDonald's, in my opinion. They're a very close second. I'll agree I think with you just, on that. Like. Like it's there. Those are those are flames. You cannot get, you cannot lie to me on that. With the buffalo sauce. Ah, oh, buffalo. I like I like the buffalo, and I like I also like myself a little bit of barbecue. There you go, I, I, dude. I I can't knock you at all. I mean, we have a lot in common with buffalo and barbecue sauce. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You get any other restaurant here, they'll be like, yeah. So I had a quinoa salad with some turkey. Like, no, I'll tell you what kind yeah. of nuggie to get. Fuck that. Let's get the get nuggies, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Nuggie Nuggie review. Ryan Vargas, Garage Guy Chase, Nuggie review come in twenty twenty. Actually, let's do that. I really want to do that now. You got me. You got me going. All right, we'll do. I want to be a chicken nugget connoisseur. We'll do either Daytona or Talladega. We're gonna make it happen. Okay, we'll do it. We need to make this a common thing. Like, let's actually make this a thing. I'm gonna put a nugget on the. Wait, when we get together, we're gonna make these shirts, and we're gonna put a nugget on on your shirt. Like, there'll be like a hidden chicken nugget for somebody. Okay. All right, we're making this happen. We're doing this. Dude, Ryan, it was a pleasure having you on. Dude, where can uh, all the Garage fam follow you at? Yeah, you know, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is RTRV23. And then my Twitter is uh, Ryan Vargas underscore 23. Same with my TikTok. And uh, Facebook is just Ryan Vargas. You'll see the page. And uh, I also do YouTube a little bit. Uh, that's also just Ryan Vargas. So those are my channels. I try to be as active as possible. I try to respond to as many people as I can. Um, you know, always reach out. I'm a bit, um, always try to engage with people and share my opinions on things. Tell me what nuggie you like. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you you're wrong. 
<laughs> and um, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Nug- Nuggy Boys 2020. Here we go. Ryan, mm-hmm. thanks so much, bro. Of course. Thank you. That interview with Ryan Vargas was brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. Get over to patreon.com slash garage guys right now. Subscribe to one of the four tiers that we have going on. Drew's going to be having rankings up for DFS throughout the playoffs. We're going to also be doing the uh, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports DraftKings playoff league that we've got some people coming into. I shot I shot high for 200. It doesn't look like we're probably going to get there, but that's okay. The people that are putting their money in, we might have to up stakes a little bit, but it is what it is. So we got a lot going on that you can find stuff about that on the Patreon page. You can find all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, the NASCAR stuff is coming up. Uh, NASCAR rankings will be available come February. Uh, going to have a lot of stuff going into that, and we're, we're super pumped about the racing. We want to get you guys, when, when football is officially over, we want you guys to have something else to lean on in the DFS world, and that's when NASCAR comes into play. Um, and we're going to be doing some work for you guys and, uh, and make, making it hot, making it heavy on the, on the, on the licorice, as, uh, as Gucci Mane once said. But, yeah, we love it. And then it's also brought to you by rentfromdanny.com. Just rent from Danny. That's all you need to know. You, you want to say anything about renting from Danny? You already know I'm a Danny boy. I don't have anything to add. We're Danny boys. We're Danny boy. Danny boy podcast. Rentfromdanny.com. Go get you an RV. Start your adventure today. Let's, uh, let's dive into this. I know that you're itching to get some info out to the garage fam. Uh, you're out there. You're, you're doing some gambling this weekend. You're playing some DFS. Uh, we got uh, Buffalo and Houston on Saturday. Um, followed by uh, New England and Tennessee. And then on Sunday, you got the NFC matchups, Minnesota-New Orleans at 12 are the for the first game of the day, and then Seattle and Philadelphia. So let's go ahead and just and start with Saturday, Buffalo and Houston. I'm going to go ahead and just say right off the bat, um, I, I like Buffalo to win this game. And Yeah, me too. It's my biggest uh... – Biggest take of the weekend. So we're I mean, we're starting out hot and we're on the same take. We're on the same oh yeah. page. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a perfect wild card matchup for that worked out for Buffalo, right? Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like this is the year where they get one step closer to not getting to um the the AFC championship. But I feel like they, they can win this game. Very simply put, Houston is really good at losing the wild card games. So they're in a really good spot to win. Very simply put there. Um, I know that as far as like DFS goes, like I'm all over the Buffalo Bills defense this week. I think they're going to shine. Now, granted, they are, you know, worth some money, but still, I mean, like 3,100 on DraftKings. I still think that they're definitely worth the money because, I mean, you look at this whole, the, uh, the your safeties, the people you got, they, all your backs on the defense that are all from Shreveport, Louisiana. Coach O was on Twitter this week and gave the Buffalo Bills like a shout out for some reason. And I was freaking out. Like, why is Coach O like saying, go Bills? Go, <laughs> like, like, you don't hear him say anything but go Tigers. Right. So when he does that, there's definitely some hardcore energy coming their way. That's another reason why I like it. But I did find out the backs are from Shreveport. I think that's mainly why it happened. But, um, I don't know. I just I'm I'm all over it, man. I'm all over the D. I got I'm putting their their defense everywhere in my lineups this week, and uh, and another name that that I'm obviously going to be going for 
is a one Cole Beasley. So uh, I'm big and hot on Cole this week. But I know you got a lot more of the uh, looking at the best bets, man. You were red hot coming out of, uh, of week 16 and then uh, week 17 as well. So it's like continue on. Lead the people. Yeah, we're pumped. Um, I went ahead and posted the article a little bit earlier to go ahead and tell people to go bet the bet the Bills plus three. Um, that's basically they're getting three points. And uh, I wanted to get that bet out to our subscribers as quick as possible because it's already moved to two and a half. So that's one thing I like to do is go ahead and get the early jump on it if I think it's going to go one way. Um, and I'll tell you this. I've seen so much Bills love on my Twitter feed that it does kind of worry me. And – when a team, when a home team becomes less than a three-point favorite, it's usually a red flag. So if you talk to your, you know, your wise guys or your Vegas guys that, that bet for a living, they're going to probably tell you that Houston's the side to be on. But I cannot, I can't do it. I just think the Bills, this this matchup just sets up beautifully for them. Um, we know Deshaun Watson is like a, a special talent, and we like him a lot. But his one problem this year has been when he plays a defense that puts pressure on him, he can't get rid of the ball. He, he just can't do it. So I, I think that his inconsistent play this year kind of plays into the Bills' hand. And uh, I, I, I like your play with, with Beasley. Um, if you get my rankings and Patreon content, one of my favorite things about the Bills is we kind of know where their volume and their targets go to. It's John Brown and Cole Beasley. It's right. not a Patriot situation where you have 15 guys to worry about. You, you know exactly who's going to get the ball. And um, Singletary – John Brown, Cole Beasley, all three are on my radar. It's going to be beautiful. And they all rested, too, in week 17, so there is that. Sometimes that can be a momentum killer, but I really just feel like they've got the luck on their side. Like, they finally have made some big strides this year. We did – the last time we saw them in the playoffs was, what, two years ago when they had LaShawn McCoy? And, I mean, it's just they, – they're a completely different team now. Everything's just kind of set and balanced. McDermott's done a really good job at putting it together. I'm just – I'm all over it, and I'm loving it. And another thing, too, that you got to be watching out for, um, I think – I can't remember the exact stat, but Deshaun Watson uh, is – is he plays better when Will Fuller's in the game. His percent – one of the percentages are higher. Um, and I don't know off the top of my head, but, again – questionable. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's a game-time decision. Once again, with the groin, um, the dude just – I don't know whether he just loves just like uh, sitting Indian style for long periods of time uh, when he – in his free time. I don't know what the fuck this guy does. But like you said, we've already talked about on the podcast, he's pretty much canceled for drafts in, uh, in 2020. So uh, if he's going to be canceled then, he might as well be canceled now. So when you got him like that, you know, out like that, that Kenny Stills becomes the next guy up. I don't know. I just feel like they just had just too much, like, like the best example, the State Farm fishing, the old man with the with the fishing guy. Like, oh, you almost had it. Like, that's that's been the text. That's Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's Bill. That's Bill. That's that's that man lives inside of Bill O'Brien's butt chin. Yep. There we go. All right, so that that game's there, and we just want the Bills to win too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Bill, the, how like I just want to see the the amount of tables that can be broken at NRG Stadium. Like, if that's even like like that's got to be right. like a record, right? I, I don't know how many times that's been done. So it's going to be electric. I cannot wait for that game. After hey, we, gotta, we have to know, we have to know uh, JJ Watt too is going to play in this game, and uh, other injury news is Jordan Aikens, tight end, is questionable. So, bump to Darren Fells. Just wanted to throw those two injury highlights in there. 
So Darren Fells possible value DFS play. Yeah, I have him quite down the list. Though. There's some other guys I like better, but I wanted to note that just because when somebody's possibly not going to play in the game, obviously there's going to be a bump to to his value. But I wanted to I wanted to say that JJ Watt comment because that's going to be a pretty big um, emotional jolt for the Texans. I will say. I feel like every time though, like I feel like it does it almost seem like he got hurt and then he came back in that one wild card game that they always end up in. And then they just lose, though. Yeah, it's history repeating itself. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's almost better if J.J. Watt didn't play. Because then I might be like, oh, guys, I don't know. Like, the Texans may actually do something. Yeah. He's got to be done soon, right? Yeah. One more year. I'm, I'd give it one more year or one more injury. Right. That's it. That's where I'll leave that at. And but it is cool to see. I love J.J. as a person. Um, I don't personally know him. But just as the, the man that he is and things that he does, he's a big philanthropist, and that's huge. And so it's always good to have people like that in the league and just in life in general. So big shout-out to him as J.J. Watt, the man. Um, and he was a great player. Can't knock his player status, but it just almost feels like the juju never really adds up whenever he comes back in during the playoffs because it's just like he just comes in to get disappointed. And J.J. doesn't deserve that. No. I, I definitely like his mindset and try to get in there and play. Unlike Will Fuller. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. Maybe they should put JJ at wide receiver. Put him Remember in. That one time he caught a touchdown as a tight end? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw him in there again for <laughs> for sympathy. Got to, right? Um, next game though, I'm super excited about this game and I'm gonna give you a take that you're not gonna like. I think that the Tennessee Titans will defeat the Patriots in Foxborough. Another popular Twitter take. Yeah. Uh, this is a great weekend to go online, log in, type in fantasy football expert, see what everybody's saying, and then go bet the, bet the opposite. That That's probably the, <laughs> the best advice I could give people. Because uh, it's the narrative that nobody wants the Patriots to win, but everybody knows deep down inside that they're, they're probably going to win. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just like you'll find – I saw some tweets today. You, you can always find a stat that backs up your take like for the Titans or for the Patriots. Um, I, I will say I'm kind of worried the Titans and I, one of my biggest um, misses on the year has been my inability to come around on Tannehill and the Titans. So I was wrong. The Titans deserve some credit and I'm a little worried as a Pats fan, but as long as Tom Brady's under center, and as long as Bill Belichick's on the sideline, there's just, People are so quick to forget what these guys can do. Like, as a society, as a football fan base, people are so ready to ride off the Patriots right now. So I would not be surprised if you come out, we come on the podcast Sunday, and we're talking about how the Titans only put up 10 points. Would you be shocked if that happened? Um, no. A little bit. Maybe. You're picking the Titans though, right? I don't blame you. Look, th this is what it all comes down to me. Like, I'm obviously like, yeah, I want them to win. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. I think that it can happen. But, like, I'm looking more at, like, the players. And, like, this is just a take that I've been, like, itching to get out. I've just been waiting to say it. Um, and I want to enlighten the Garage fam on this because I think this is important. Um, Corey Davis is going to murder Stephon Gilmore. He's not going to be on him. Well, if he was, 
I do like Corey, Corey Davis, one of my favorite value plays, by the way. Do you, but yeah, but he starts catching touchdowns. He will be. Yeah, he's one of my favorite. I love. I, I think Corey Davis is a good play this weekend. I just I know for a fact AJ Brown's going to be covered by Gilmore, which helps your play. <sighs> it just maybe not the guy you want. Did you want him specifically to be on Gilmore? Yeah, or Gilmore to be on him. Yeah, just because you remember like the past, like I think it was in 2017. Um, what do you have like? Uh, was it like seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown against Gilmore? Yeah, maybe that was Gilmore covering him. Yeah, he did that. So I feel like Davis just, but that was when Corey Davis was like the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. Like I feel like he just haunts the Patriots for some reason. Yeah, like I said, I'm with you on the play. He's only 3,800 on DraftKings. And if if you believe A.J. Brown's going to be shadowed by Gilmore, which I do, then I'm going to look to uh, Davis. I don't mind Sharp. I think Sharp was one of your special plays a couple weeks ago. Tajay? Tajay was one of your plays. But I prefer Davis, but don't mind doing a little hedge lineup where you throw Sharp in there instead. Mm, I, don't know. I, don't think, uh, I don't think Derrick Henry's going to have the game like he had last week. I think that they're going to find a way to kind of limit him. Yeah, I feel like they'll take. They're going to do their best to take away Henry. That was incredible. The game that he had against the Texans, though, beautiful. It was amazing. But Patriots side of the ball, Sony Michelle's a huge value. I think uh, at forty six hundred dollars. I mean, is that even is that tempting? Should it, it be? Because like Rex Burkhead could just like come out and just be like yeah, and then James White come out and be like yeah. And it's like, are we going to get suckered in? By the uh, by, the Patriots again, but like most likely. But it's you know how DFS <laughs> is. I mean, it's a it's a price point game, right? So for at the end of the day, when do the Patriots win? When they establish a run game, right? I think everyone should start Brandon Bolden at thirty one hundred dollars. Fire him up. That's your way. That's your way in there. Don't listen to us right now. Mm-mm, don't do it. So are you? Uh, I'm I'm assuming that you're. Are you going to be a risky boy and go against your team and take the Titans in any uh, maybe money line, or you going to do? I some don't have a bet points? posted on this game yet. Um, I don't like those five points. So the Patriots are five points favorite. Favorite right now. I'm leaning towards playing the money line Patriots, um, but I'm, I'll I'll reevaluate. I have not posted a a bet, an official bet on this game. I have a, I have a question. Do you have the over under in front of you? I do, forty four and a half. I'm taking the over. You think the Patriots offense comes back to what they can do? I mean, what do you what's your basis? Okay, so I think what's gonna happen is is that Tom Brady understands that Ryan Tannehill has been an absolute dog since Adam Gase has left him in his heart. So now with Mike Vrabel, we've like unleashed Tannehill three I don't know if you remember when that was Tannehill two after the leg injury. Mm-hmm. Come back. Now it's Tannehill 3.0, and this is the one that really matches the Trinity. This is Trinity Tannehill coming out this year. That's a new nickname that I, we should have had all season, but it just came to my head. Trinity, it's there now. Trinity Tannehill's coming in. Tom Brady sees this, and he's like, fuck, I need to kiss this man before he leaves so I can suck the juice that he has and so that I can replenish my game. But I think that Tom's going to just channel it from his eyes, and he's going to just be slinging the ball left and right to end kill Harry. Um, and I think that Harry's going to have a really big breakout game in the playoffs. Cause you always see like that one wide receiver, that one guy just like that hasn't really like went ham, like go the fuck off in these playoff games when it comes to the Patriots. 
Yeah, somebody's going to step up for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Edelman. I think that it could be Enkil Harry, though. I did a um, – I'm glad you, you brought up the receivers because I, I did some pretty serious research on the Patriots receivers and wanted to share this with the, with the fam. So, in the past three weeks, we've seen Sanu over 80% snaps for three weeks consecutive. So, he's really trending up, and he hasn't had that breakout game. So, he's my favorite besides Edelman. Um, and then Harry would be my next guy. Um, do not play Philip Dorsett, which mm-hmm. means he'll probably score twice, but he has not been on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he disappeared, bro. No, he's not playing snaps. He's played like 8%, 10% of snaps. Um, Harry, the guy that you're saying is the play, he's been on the field over 50% of the time the past past three weeks. So that's good. Um, trending up for some new and Harry. Loving it. So that's Saturday. Rolling into Sunday, I will be out in New Orleans at Champion Square doing some uh, fan interviews with uh with my homie Joe from I Got Flow Productions. So uh, if, if you're going to be out and about at Champion Square, come find me, holler at me, and you can uh, get on camera and we'll ask you some questions and we'll fuck around a bit um, and have some fun. We'll be tormenting and troll. I wish you were there to troll some Vikings fans with me. That'd be fun. Um, I would love interviewing a few people acting as if I knew what I was talking about, but I was just feeding some fake stats and all sorts of things. Exactly. That's all I'm going to be doing. It's going to be so fun because the only thing that those ignorant fans are going to be able to tell me is never forget Stefan Dig. Never forget. Never forget. Like I can already hear it now. So I cannot wait to interact with Vikings fans for the first time. Um, it's going to be very fun. Kind of like when uh, Tony Perkis, when Tony Perkis uh, got to interact with children for the first time on heavyweights. That's, That's gonna, what you're going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be a Tony Perkis boy. I'm going to eat success for breakfast with skim milk. Uh, I'm so glad you're good. bringing up a reference to a, for a, a reference to a movie. Yes, always have to do it. You know how it goes. Did I tell you my joke that uh, when I was running the solo, when I was going to do a solo podcast? What was your What was your giggles? My giggles was I was going to like intro it or overview it with what you can expect is a lot more talk about these games and a lot less talk about tight ends and references to movies and mascots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> troll boy. But, it's, but then I like, uh, after it, I was like, I'm, what you guys don't understand is how much I appreciate those. Cause I can't, my brain is not capable of that. <laughs> no, you have to, so, you have to, you have to respect, you have to, uh, you have to respect it because the results speak for themselves. Oh, troll boy chase. <laughs> I got a happy new year from Jeff, by the way, Jeff, if you're listening, thanks for the text, man. Appreciate Did you it. respond? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't. I have to go look through my phone. You should have said, um, happy, um, you should have said happy new year. Hopefully the results speak for themselves this year as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> May the results speak for themselves all this decade. Yeah. <laughs> Mazel tov. All right. So anyway, getting into the game itself. Um, the Vikings are like the hottest uh, DFS play for defense. I think they're like $2,200. It's hard to pass up, even though I love the saints and, and I shouldn't even be saying that. Um, but man, I'm only playing them if it's a – if you just love your lineup and you can you, – it's a salary play, right? If you need that salary for other right. positions, then you go down to the to the Vikings. But I'm expecting the Saints offense to not have any issues. No, not at all. I mean, I, I've obviously, like, I'm definitely going to be putting money on this game. I'm definitely taking Saints money line. Um, I'm going to be going in uh, – I have to do this, don't I? I have to do Stefan Diggs or Thielen. I know where I stand. 
should I do this? I think I got to. I got it wrong week seventeen. Oh, uh, then you can quit if you want. Yeah, I should probably quit. I found my my uh, it finally ended at the last game of the year. It finally ended. Diggs did better than Thielen. We barely saw Thielen. I'm expecting a lot of more to be mainly on uh, Diggs. So it's a Thielen game. Yeah, although I could see him being on both guys a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have Adam Thielen in a, in a couple of DFS lineups already. Yeah, he's pretty high <laughs> on my list. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a Thielen game. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. I'm, I'm doubling up. Uh, second time's a charm. Thielen game. Uh, uh, obvious suspects here for New Orleans. I mean, you can't – at this point, you just have to know. You go, you go with Drew. You go with Michael Thomas. And and Kamara, what a bounce back for him, man! Beautiful. Um, He's my I favorite favorite running back play of the weekend. It's I feel like I feel like all these weeks that he hasn't gotten points, he's just been resting for this for these moments, like for these next three games that they're about to be playing. And you heard it right; I did say the next three games they're about to be playing. So we're confident, Saints boy. Mm-hmm. Big time. We're going to the bowl, baby, all the way. Um. So, uh, that's all I really have for the DFS. I don't want to go too deep into it because I want to try to let my, uh, my fan be present and not be so consumed with DFS during this matchup. Yeah, this one's easy from a DFS perspective. Like you said, it's the, it's the main guys for the Saints. And then I guess my favorite play would be Thielen then Dalvin Cook for, for Minnesota. Um, Probably my fourth or fifth favorite tight end on the slate is Irv Smith. I feel like somebody's going to have to step up, step up on this Vikings defense so I can see him getting some action. I know yeah, you appreciate the tight end, tight end shout out. I do, and he's only 2,700 on DraftKings, man. So, that's a, that's a hell of a bargain. They, he has been playing. He's been on the field. Um, he, he He's not doing anything, like, monstrous by any means. But I in the playoffs is where things get real freaky naughty. So, yep, you definitely could see that happen. Um, but yeah, anyway, again, I'll be in champion square. Come see me last game for Sunday. And then we'll be moving on to the division round, but the Eagles and the Seahawks, the Eagles, I don't know how Carson Wentz has been doing it, but him and Doug Peterson are definitely, they got something brewing for Carson Wentz to be doing the shit that he's doing with these no name wide receivers, Boston Scott looking like Darren Sproles. Um, where did this Eagles team come from? And do you think that they actually have a shot at beating the Seahawks at home in Philly? I do think they have a shot. Um, Seattle's roster's also been somewhat depleted from what it used to be. And the Eagles just have something about them. doesn't seem to really matter as much about who's out there more than this scheme just seems to be working right now. Um, very impressive. I, I really don't like the Eagles to, to – advance too much if i had to pick right now I'd, I'd take the seahawks but your question was can they beat them and I, I definitely think the home team the eagles only uh one and a half point underdogs can can pull this off where are you leaning me personally i think that the seahawks are going to take it i actually have the seahawks uh, if i'm getting way ahead of myself i have the seahawks making it all the way to the nfc championship game I really think that it's going to be – I think they're going to be able to beat the 49ers. I don't think Pete Carroll is going to – if they get past this game, I don't think that Pete Carroll can – he doesn't have enough gum to chew to take another L to the 49ers. So, it's like he has no choice. Like He has to win that game. 
And I just, I feel like the energy, it's like they, they beat them once and the 49ers beat them, but I think that they would be able to come back in the end and do it. So in order for the Seahawks to get to the NFC championship game, they got to win this one. So I'm going to go ahead and lean with my take and go forward with it. I think that they win this game. And I think that Tyler Lockett has an amazing day. Um, and I think that he's going to be able to really get it done because regardless of what you want to think, this Eagles secondary, um, they're still not all that in a bag of potato chips. And uh, I mean, it could be, but, but here's the the hard part for me is, is that just as easy as I say, Tyler Lockett can do it. Cause we've just seen the miraculous catches that he's made in the end zone this season. Um, you know, you're, you're going to pay for him there, there, you know, there's that and all you can't really get around it but I think it's worth it. But DK Metcalf as well, he's, we've seen him getting a lot more involved. Um, and he's really kind of been a, a decent play at some points, but I mean, as long as he, he's got to get in the end zone though, that's the main thing for him. But with Lockett, I think that those, those passes just keep coming. Yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to have to use uh, Jacob Hollister a lot too, the tight end there. Um, there is a lot of injury news. I want injury news. I want to note there, and that's Ertz questionable. Uh, he's limited in practice. There's a lot of mixed reports right now on like the likelihood of him playing. So just be watching that. If he doesn't play, obviously um, Dallas Goddard's already a, a good Joe play. Dirt. Joe Dirt, a good play. Um, but they used another guy named Joshua Perkins. He's my favorite um, value tight end on the slate. He was on the field for 80, 90% of snaps last last week, so they're using two tight end sets even with Ertz out. And with this team, we just talked about it, with all their receivers being out, they're going to need somebody to step up. And um, he, like I said, was roughly on the field for three-quarters of the game. He ended up with about 13 or 14 fantasy points, so I wanted to really highlight him and uh, just watch Ertz. If Ertz is playing, I'm definitely all – I'm off of him completely. Um and then Miles Sanders is questionable as well. So watch out for Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. If, uh, if you know how these Philadelphia running backs are, man, it's like if, if Miles Sanders does not play, everyone's going to go play Boston Scott. And what if they use Jordan Howard in the Miles Sanders role? And then Boston Scott's kind of the third down back. So we, we've just, seen just that crazy ass game from Jordan Howard already too. So that's when we had a uh, Roto Buzz guy on. Yeah. He went off, didn't he? Jordan Howard? Yeah, I think it was uh, Jordan Howard. It was, he was playing Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. Crazy. So, there's, there's some big injuries. I love that, Howard. Yeah. That, Howard was, on Howard. And Howard was on him that night. So. Yeah. Howard Bender knows his shit. Shout out to Howard Bender. We love you, Howard. Good friend of the, uh, good friend of the garage. Garage fam. But, yeah. That, I got one more for you, too. Ooh. Sorry. Kick, sorry. Throw the kicker. There's, throw us the there. kicker. There's a lot of injuries here. And then um, Jaron Brown is out, and Malik Turner is questionable and trending towards out. So that, by by default, makes David Moore the number three receiver for Seattle. And I know how you like playing those um, minimum price guys, Chase. So, Do you remember last year when David Moore like was like the saving grace and uh, everybody was talking about him in like dynasty for dynasty leagues. It was really? Like, yeah, David Moore. He, I think it was like, it was either week sixteen or week seventeen. I think it was against the Carolina Panthers. He had like he went off. Yeah, he went the fuck off. And I was talking with uh, Stephen Torini on uh, the Hot Take Pod podcast about um, 
about if he was going to be worth value. And I think I said he was going to definitely be worth it this year. And then DK Metcalf came in and it was just a tower lock at DK show. And then of course, you know, you've had, you got Jacob Hollister, you had, uh, I can't even remember his name now. He was a, he was a, he was a good tight end. And then he, he fell to the, uh, to the injury bug. That's hard. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. picked him up in the league in uh, the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports League, too. Oh, Will Disley. Will Disley. That's it. Oh, William. Oh, William. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, so That's that a big might... deal, right? Like that, those news, that news is a big deal. because There's he's a on lot the of field, injuries. Yeah, and if he's on the field 75% of the time and he's minimum priced, then you've got to consider him. They're definitely going to be getting the ball around. I know Russell's going to be throwing that ball like crazy. they got to win this game. They're going to do whatever it takes. That's good stuff, Drew. I had to cover the injuries on there. I had to do it. Um, so, who do you have them – hold on. So, you have them winning and going to the NFC Championship, you said? I got the Seahawks getting all the way to the NFC Championship against the Saints in New Orleans. So, that would mean – let's see, the Seahawks are the five, and they would beat the one-seated Niners, right? At, yes. At San Francisco. In San Francisco, yes. Yeah. Okay. Bold take, but, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. It's their favorite to win this game, so – I'm loving. It. I think that I think that in the end, we'll go ahead and just for shits and giggles before we get to our interview with Ryan Vargas and roll out. Let's go ahead and just give our Super Bowl prediction. Prediction. Mine is obviously um, going to have to be the Saints and the Ravens. Saints Ravens. Okay, I am going to go the. Okay, are we going bias Drew or, or non-biased Drew? We're going to go non-biased Drew because, trust me, Chase wanted to say Saints-Patriots too. Okay. <laughs> non-biased Drew is going to say <laughs> – oh, my God. Non-biased Drew is going to say Chiefs 49ers. Ooh. That would be a good – that would be that's, a That's going to be non-biased Drew. I would love hey, – dude, this is the way I look at it. There's there there's a couple of different scenarios. All right, so non-biased Drew is Chiefs, 49ers, minus Saints, Ravens. I would either love to see Saints, Patriots because of Breeze and Brady, or Niners, Patriots because of because of Brady and Garoppolo. That would be I like my those two, two favorites. I think we could both agree there's a lot we would like to see, whether we're biased or not. There's a lot of good matchups in there. Very much, but what well, you have to be real real with yourself. Your gut says Chiefs, Niners. My gut says Saints, Ravens. And for the record, yeah. NFC minds like I'm very heavily on either it being the it's either the Saints or the Forty ers for me. I just think there's too many holes and problems with the other with the other teams. Respectable. I just I just I know that if the if the Seahawks win this game, like they're out for blood against Forty ers I just I see it. I see it. That's I true. They're, they're gonna they're gonna fluke and get there like by default, <laughs> and the Saints are just gonna eat their lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm seeing, man. Unless unless the ref gets in the way. But yeah. If but, that uh, happens, man, I'm I, here for it. I'm done. I'm done if that happens. I'm, I'm here for the reactions. I'm an XFL boy for life. I can't wait. So, until the league folds. Um, At least the Rams are not in the playoffs. You're right there. Hallelujah to that. That's the show. Guys, enjoy the shit out of the slate this weekend it's gonna be fun take everything you've just learned if you need anything else you know that you can hit us up on our patreon page hit us up on twitter everywhere else tweet at us let us know your thoughts 
Let us know your hot takes. Let us know everything you know to hit us up at GGFS Podcast. Hit me up at Garage Guy Chase and Drew at Drew Dean. We love you, Garage fam. Sports. Party. Repeat. Repeat.